Good evening, everybody. This is Friday, December 15th already. Christmas is 10 days away. Can't believe it. And tonight, in honor of the Christmas season, we are discussing A Magical Christmas by Heather Graham. So without any further ado, Let's see how everyone liked the book. Well, I hope uh, somebody can review the characters. I read it early. We read it early. Uh, and Ruthann can comment to after me here since I got the thing. It's a, it was a wonderful book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Of course, you suspend disbelief, you know, uh, in what happened, uh, the anger. that This happens around holidays. My son doesn't do well on holidays. He's doing better this year. But he'll pick a fight with everybody on holidays. He's depressed, you know. And we're, we're pretty happy. We're upbeat. We like the holidays. But uh, I hope you'll review the characters. You know, the kids. I mean, it's in my mind. All the fighting. Uh, and uh, I remember John, uh, the wife. Uh, I don't remember all the names. Because that will bring it back. But it was just an absolute lovely book. Okay. Well, okay. I like the way how it kind of went back and forth in time and how yeah. it told about the Civil War and about this particular battle where they were going to kill the, uh, the, the soldiers, the five people, and uh, one of them turned out to be a young boy and how they got that part of the story. Then they went to Julie the you know, and the couple and uh, her husband and uh, the children. Uh, John and, uh, I don't remember that. John name. and Julie. John was John, the lawyer. Yeah, he was the lawyer. And uh, how she managed to see this advertisement for an old family Christmas in Virginia. And, of course, nobody else saw it. And uh, they thought it was so great, they thought they'd like to go. And uh, how this story kind of began to, to, to uh, develop and um, how things really happened. It was a very interesting okay. story. I was going to suggest another book, which I later read, but I'm glad that we read this one, because I think this one was a better book than what I was going to suggest. Okay, we've talked it up here. The characters, Julie and John Radcliffe and their kids, Christy, Jordan, and Ashley, Christy was the nearly 18-year-old. Jordan was 13, and Christy was, or Ashley was six. And then the the Wainwrights, um, Aaron Wainwright was the son. Jesse and Clarissa were the parents. Mary was their daughter. And then... Um, there were other characters too, the the real estate people that Julie worked with, Millie and Jack and she was selling the she was trying to sell the Pearsons on a house and um, John was a lawyer so he had his I forget his boss though and all the other people involved there. 
Um, and um, I'm sure there are other people I'm missing, but the Wainwrights and the Radcliffs were really the main people in this book. Yeah, I think it was Wainscott or something like that. I didn't quite get it at first, but I think that's what it was. But I liked the, I, my. I guess my favorite part of the book was the the, the prologue and the eighteen sixty two stuff. Um, you know, with the, the the hanging that almost happened. Well, it, it was a disaster anyway. I mean, they, they were they weren't hung, but they were. You know, the whole uh, that whole Wainscott family was was uh, killed, of course. Um, but I liked the historical aspect of it. Uh, so, I guess that that was my favorite part of the book. I mean, it was it was a it was an okay book. It's it's something that I won't read again, but um, I I liked it okay. It was a very easy read, and uh, um, I know last year we did that David Baldacci book, The Christmas Train. I I thought that was a much better book. Sorry, but yeah, I, I did. Um, yeah, I'm remembering it was the Wainscots as well. And like Marsha, I really, um, in the beginning with the, when we were reading the prologue, I was pretty excited about the book. Um, as it progressed, it um, I, again, it was an easy read. It was it was a nice, you know, a, a pleasant Christmas story as as you know, so many people want, but. Uh, Toward the end, it got a little corny. It was like they were trying to throw every every cliche about a Christmas ghost story into the book all at once. Um, you know the the mysterious ads and the you know John and Julie you know nearly dying, falling through the ice, and then having to be rescued. And that's when they find that they really still love each other. And I, it, it was a nice enough story, but I, my favorite part was the prologue and and going back and forth and. I guess I would have been, um, I think I wanted to know a little bit of, more about the Wainscots, um, and that would have been, I think, a, a way to make the book um, more enjoyable. But, yeah, okay. And, I, and I, I do, too. I was thinking about The Christmas Train last year, and that was, I loved that book. And boy, I wanted to halt and get on a train and go across country. I thought that was an awesome read. Well, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, you know, granted, you know, it, it was sappy, but you know, it it is a Christmas kind of feel good kind of read. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we could pick apart the the stuff. I mean, if, if we're gonna pick stuff apart, y'all like the prologue. I mean, Clarissa seemed much too smart to have ridden into a, a Yankee hell thing and caused everybody to get killed. I mean, if we're gonna pick something apart, I mean that that's kind of that's kind of much. But but it's a story and. Uh, uh, you had to have a bunch of ghosts, and uh, you know they needed to all die. So there you go. But uh, you know, having said that, you know I I, I enjoyed it because it uh, it made me feel good. I mean, I, I like I like people to you know get back together and stuff. You know, even though it's not very believable, but uh, it is a feel good kind of thing. And of course, I love it. It's a Wonderful Life. I watched the uh, the op- couple of opening scenes of that tonight too, and uh, uh, I never get tired of it. So there you go. I really liked Aaron, who haunted the cemetery, uh, because he helped um, Chrissy, right, the 18-year-old who hated her parents 
hated everybody. They didn't like um, the boy, Rodriguez, Julian, right? Because he was from the other side of the track. He was a good kid. But Aaron said, why don't you try again? Why don't you go easier on your parents? You know, give them a chance. You know, and that and actually finally did. And even at the end, they said, yeah, the parents are liking him a little better now. They're getting more used to him. They took him with them, you know. Uh, and it was sappy. Absolute Christmas train is better. I didn't know we were supposed to compare the two. They're, no, that was fabulous. But this is okay. This is Christmas. Anything's possible. And that young couple that had the, I guess that was in the epilogue maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Then had the flat tire. And I'm sure I guessed it. Oh, boy, they're going to get to the plantation. And, uh, you know, they were fighting and everybody's unhappy. And somebody said here, well, they wanted to go. Everybody wanted to go. No, they didn't want to go. Uh, Julie, especially, uh, uh, John's the one who started it, wasn't it? Uh, well, talked Julie about it. The reservation, I know that. Well, she finally she did, did, but she didn't want to go. No, uh, I don't think anybody did. I would like to have you guys discuss, let's get to facts here. John and Julie um, separated, and John shacked up with her best friend, right? Now, I could see where, you know, she feels betrayed, uh, and he tells her seven years later, is that correct? And then she doesn't sleep with him at all. I mean, she's other side of the bed. They make the big issue, you know. Um, I don't know where right and wrong is here. John, like he said, I kind of side with him because he said, I can't undo the past. I'm so sorry. I want to. I want us to make it. But she was. She's getting ready for a divorce. And of course, falling through the ice, you knew trust, you know, and you just knew they were going to be saved. It was a little dramatic, but it was okay. And finally, they got together, and we heard about the sex scene and so forth. Yeah, I liked it because, you know, sometimes, yeah, it's a little sappy, but I liked it because sometimes it's nice to have something just go the way it should. And, you know, at first, yeah, they they were ready to separate and all that. And I just thought it was so neat that they worked everything out. Because in real life, it doesn't happen that way very much anymore. And it's kind of nice to see that once in a while. And <clears throat> I mean, I, I yeah, I, I like the back and forth, in the, you know, for the time periods and everything. But, um, and man, I mean, they were all, they were all struggling, really. And it was just good to see how they all came around and just seemed to, work everything out and i i just like that i don't always read stuff that's like that but when i do i appreciate it because it's it's just nice to kind of get away from the reality for a little while and i love the christmas train and i i just any any kind of christmas i i it's a wonderful life that's another good one you know just all of that stuff it it, to me it makes the season um Getting back to what Bob was talking about, how Julie just wouldn't forgive John, I, I honestly did think that that was a bit over the top. Um, you know, he <laughs> he it clearly didn't work out. It sounded like to me, if I'm remembering correctly, that it was kind of more or less a one night thing that they did. Um, and he told her about it, uh, probably so she wouldn't find out. You know, there wouldn't be any chance of her finding out from somebody else, which takes a lot of courage. Um, but 
yeah, I think she was, you know, a bit unwielding and unforgiving. And yeah, John was the one that kind of wanted to go to the magical Christmas plantation. Um, and Julie just kind of did it begrudgingly and, and with a whole lot of coercement from her coworkers. So um, and there's, you know, <laughs> there's a point where you've got to let something go and it didn't, it wasn't a continuing thing. Yeah, I definitely have to say that, uh, I mean, yeah, there's always fault to be spread both ways, but I, I think most of it was in Julie's court. But uh, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think he even consummated anything with that woman. I, I think that's what he ended up telling her and stuff. But, uh, uh, but you know, tr- trust gets broken, and it's... Uh, uh, we lost you there, Alan. You, you stopped. I see Carla's here, so... Carla, you want to jump in here? I really, um, hello. Um, I don't know why I always have a hard time getting in this room. I think I spent a good ten minutes just trying to get in. Anyhow, I really liked this book a whole lot. It was a nice, easy read, and yeah, it was a bit sappy. But uh, again, I love the symbolism in the book. I, I don't know, to me... And, and how things came um, full circle. And the big symbolism, um, I thought, came with the um, the ice scene. It, it's sort of how their relationship was. Um, you know, things started breaking, and then they started to go under, and it just started to show that if you'd tr- they trusted each other. And um, it, and I will say, I, at first I was a little impatient with uh, with Julie, but then I got to thinking sometimes it's really hard to trust somebody and to forgive somebody when they when they cheat on you. I, I know it sort of happened to me. I had a a fiance that ran off with another woman. Of course, that was the end of our relationship. But. Um, I don't know if I would, if he came back to me today, if I'd be able to trust him. Because, you know, doggone it, once you say I do or you're going to say I do and you get engaged and, and heaven forbid, when you get married, you're married. You know what I mean? It's forsaking all others. And uh, it's very hard to trust somebody when, when they violate your trust. You wonder if they're going to do it again and... And so, um, but I was so grateful that there were no explicit descriptions and, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting tired of those. And, um, actually I like this book better than Christmas Train. I really did. Uh, Christmas Train, there was a little bit too much of that other stuff. And, um, by the way, did anybody notice that Christmas Train, the movie has been on Hallmark? They've repeated it several times. And I, I did watch it. I didn't think the movie was as good as the book. The movie's a bit of a sleeper myself. I thought I thought the movie was pretty true to the book. And yeah, I loved that that book too, The Christmas Train. But this one, I read it last year for the first time, and it's one that I reread every year just because, to me, yeah, it's a feel-good book, but. Like Linda said, it's Christmas, and it's just nice to... I don't often read these kinds of whimsical things where you go back in time and ghosts and all that, but I don't know. I I just really like this, and 
the ice scene, that kind of reminded me of It's a Wonderful Life, too, Alan. You were talking about that, how you watched the opening scenes of that. I never get tired of that one either. Because in It's a Wonderful Life, when um, George Bailey goes and jumps over the railing and Clarence shows up, you know, it's it's just reminded me of that. But this, I just... This is a book I'll probably reread every year. There are certain ones that fall into that category, and this is definitely one of them. Okay, I I want to say again, I don't even know if John should have told Julie after seven years, but I guess he had wine and, and told her. It, they, it, what they did, yes, the, technically was cheating, but they didn't even caught it. Was, it was a loser. It was a one-night stand with her best girlfriend. Hey. And it was over, and I and I think um, I I got aside with John, although he was no angel with the kids, you know, he no. really very strict disciplinarian. Uh, he he was tough, but I, I guess the Julie was the good cop a lot of times, where they had the the gerbils on the counter, and John came in and was screaming. I would have screamed too, and Julie, oh, what the, what are they doing wrong? It's okay, you know. And I'm the good mom instead of saying, yeah, you know, your dad's right. Because I, I personally don't want gerbils on my sink, okay? I don't care how nice they are. Uh, again, you cat lovers, I guess cats jump up on everything, and that's fine. If, that's good, but uh, if you like that. But um, John was no angel, but, you know, he needed. they both needed counseling very much. Uh, the Wayne Scotts were interested. I think, I think little um, Ashley, for six years old, was smarter than all of them. You know, yes. she saw the pictures. She figured out that they, they'd go back into the picture at night, and she figured out you see Mrs. Wainscott during the uh, at night and Jesse during the day with the horses and all that. Uh, she, the author uses that little girl to explain everything to everybody if you didn't understand it, yeah. and I thought that was interesting, pretty unique. And of course, the Christmas Eve dance that they have every year with different couples, I guess, and Aaron is dancing with Chrissy and so forth. And uh, a gentleman, he's a Southern gentleman. He was from the Civil War. I had difficulty at first, oh, I like this Civil War thing. This, And then they jumped to modern times, you know, and I started yeah. to figure it out. I want to yield to Linda. We haven't heard Linda yet. Yes, she did. Um, you know, I think Julie was over the top because she found out about it seven years later. Come on, quit being such a... A stick in the mud, and yeah, I I would have screamed too. I didn't want to be. I wouldn't want gerbils on my counter. I don't like cats jumping around, and so yeah, I wouldn't have liked that either. But John didn't help Julie with the kids either. She was always the one doing all the running, and his work always came first. And that was one of the things that changed too he he became more human as a result of this getaway yeah i agree i i <laughs> julie yeah she was a little over the top although i don't know how i would have reacted <laughs> even yeah even if it was seven years later then how do i know i can trust you again you know and it's hard uh but but on the other hand yeah she she was a little much but <clears throat> Um, and I, you know, I thought it was, it was, uh, quite interesting when the, um, 
when the kid overdosed or whatever he did, and they kind of kept that a secret. <clears throat> I thought that was kind of interesting. And and the way they went out on the ice, you know, John and... Just the whole thing, I just, I, I just really, really liked it. Well, the whole matter of trust thing, seven years, I mean, my goodness. Uh, he told her about it seven years later, and, and that one-night stand was not consummated. Um, I, I, think, I think there's a, a, a place where you just, you, you have to get over stuff. I mean, if you, if you love somebody and everybody's going to, everybody's going to make a mistake now and then. I'm not saying that having an affair or whatever is, it's not good. And uh, <clears throat> it's definitely uh, something that you don't do or you shouldn't do. Cheating is cheating. But yet there's got to be room for some forgiveness there. And trust does take a long time to rebuild, but it can be done. So, she was she she should have cut John a a bit more slack on that whole deal, and it was just a one night thing, and they were separated, and you know she sounds like she was shutting him out of of uh, her bed, and um, so and he's a man, and but nothing nothing really happened. So, gosh, Julie, get over it. And as far as the whole ice thing, yeah, well, that's, you know, the symbolism for the trust, I suppose. Trust me, trust me, I'll get you out of this. And, well, luckily, they both fell in and both managed to make it out with help from the from the uh, Christmas Eve partiers there. But uh, she was, she had, uh, Julie had gone a little far, and no, I wouldn't want gerbils or any kind of animals running around on my counter either. Yeah, in all fairness, Julie... I okay. think was getting a little bit tired of being treated kind of as if she was second fiddle in that marriage. And he always said he was the breadwinner and all that sort of yeah, he thing. He was wrong. But then she was working in, in uh, real estate, and they were celebrating her first million-dollar sales or half-million-dollar sales. And she was hoping that she'd bring up in enough money in d different times that they wouldn't have to just depend on him. And... She was really having a hard time with the kids too, and, and uh, she uh, so she, she didn't just have it easy. I mean, but I, I think in the first place he shouldn't have told her what happened when it was over. But the fact is, uh, it's a story, and there wouldn't have been a story if that had happened. And, and uh, it was a very good story. I, I like the characters that we saw in the. Uh, Going back to the old house, the, the people going stopping for dinner, and uh, they were just about to close up. Yeah. And uh, the guy says, you, "You haven't had any dinner. I, I've got this stew. I've got what's left of that. You can have it." And, and um, they apparently the stew was delicious and everything like that. But and then on the way um, home, all of these things kept happening, like the flat tire and. The, they found the cemetery and uh, the, um, I think it was his name, Aaron? The, Aaron. Yeah, told her that, you know, you guys have already been to the house, so you're not going to be coming again. And uh, no, you won't, you don't need to stop by and say thank you. You, you know, nothing. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Uh, that's why I liked Aaron, because he helped to understand, people to understand. 
you know, the kids, understand your parents a little bit. Yes, they should accept Julian, but, you know, go slow on it. You know, mm-hmm. go slow. And Jordan, they did uh, deal with the drug issue once they found out they love him. And Chrissy uh, really helped Jordan, of course. Uh, but the parents found out about it, and they, they went to drug therapy and so forth. And I think uh, Ashley was great. She was. She was. She, was she wanted her mom. Character. She wanted her mom. She was a little girl, you know. And uh, but she figured the whole thing out. And Julie didn't believe till the cemetery when Aaron waved to her, and she she waved back and said Merry, uh, Merry Christmas or whatever it was. Julie was the last one to accept, as I recall anyway, uh, what Ash, Ashley was saying. Um, yeah, I, the things that I liked about the book um, the most were the fact that each member of the family seemed to have a member of the Wainscott family assigned to them, so to speak. Um, Mary helping Ashley and showing her the, the clothes in the attic. And, you know, they were, they were all assigned to somebody um, that, that they alone had a relationship with and helped them to find their own way back to the group, which... Yeah, I thought it was really cool. And I did think it was kind of clever, the paintings and the little girl noticing. And um, I, I didn't understand keeping the, the drug thing uh, a secret. I, I just, that's not something you keep a secret. But um, uh, honestly, the question that I had about John and Julius, if it was a one-night thing while they were separated and it wasn't even consummated, I'm not sure if John should have even told Julie, because sometimes people, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, it, I don't know if we need to discuss that or not, but I'm not sure that I, if I were John, that 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 was it wasn't helpful to the marriage to tell. It doesn't sound like the friend was the friend. If the friend had still been involved in their lives, then yes, definitely, that kind of thing needs to be told. But I don't know. I, they were separated at the time. I'm not sure he needed to tell her. Well, weren't they separate? I mean, didn't he tell her? I think, didn't he? Now, I could have this wrong, but hadn't they had a couple glasses of wine or something? <clears throat> and it just kind of came out. I don't think he he really intentionally meant to tell her, but I think it just kind of happened. Now, like I said, I could have that wrong. And they both, uh, and it, well, John more so than Julie. I'm jumping around here for a second, but Jamie was a good kid. He really was, and uh, John just didn't give him an inch at all, uh, you know, and it wouldn't let him drive uh, um, Christy to school or anything like that, um, just because he was from the wrong side of the tracks, and uh, which was wrong. I mean, he was a responsible guy, and it seemed, you know, from from the, the end there, it sounds like they were going to eventually tie the knot, who knows, but... Um, but I thought that, that, that Jamie got a really, uh, bad rap from, from John and, uh, I'm glad he, he went along on the vacation the, the, the second year. I was under the impression they actually hadn't separated yet, but they were planning to, and they didn't, they wanted to do this last Christmas thing and before they told the kids, that's what I thought. They had- no, they, they, okay, let's go back. They separated. They, that's what John said. Well, I know what I did. And I was wrong, but we were separated. You kicked me out. And uh, and I, I don't think he should have told her. But everybody, but Marsha, I think you're absolutely right. They were drinking wine, and John opened his big mouth, and he paid for it. 
they had separated earlier. They had thought about separating. They they separated for I think a few months, hadn't they, earlier on, and that's when that happened. So yeah, I I don't know. I had the same thought, Liz, that maybe he shouldn't have said anything, especially if the friend was out of the picture. So my favorite part, though, was the end when they went to the diner and they were trying to find Oak River Plantation and and the Wayne Scots were there, the descendants, and they were telling them the story. And, yeah, Ashley, she was a smart little kid, and she was one of my favorite characters in the book. Aaron, too. I, I really liked Aaron. And I just thought that was so neat at the end when Julie was in the cemetery and she saw Aaron. I just, I liked that. That was my favorite part. And I liked the Christmas Eve dance, too. What do you think of two things? John skating on the ice all day, right? That that, that was a little much, I said. Is he nuts? I mean, he's skating all day, right? They're having the New Year's Eve dance. And Julie says, I'm going to go down and find him. And then, of course, they, you know the story. And the other one was John wouldn't go horseback riding. At first, I thought it was thoughtful that he gave it all to Julie. She liked the horses. But I wondered, you know, he just stayed and wandered around. Um, it was that thoughtful of John when he didn't go the first time horseback riding with the family, do you think? Um, yeah, I think he should have went with them. Um, you know, I don't know his reasoning really for staying behind, and he really didn't do anything. He just kind of hung out in the house and then took a walk. Oh, and you were talking, Bob, about uh, everybody being assigned, or no, maybe that, I think that was you, Liz, talking about everybody being assigned to somebody. John didn't really have anyone assigned to him. And I guess Julie, the only person that may have been assigned to her kind of, sort of, was um, Clarissa. But I think, you know, the kids all had uh, someone kind of like, to, to, you know, taking them under their wing or whatever. Let's go back a bit. Clarissa did talk to John. Am I, am I not corrected by the fire, you know, later, late in the book about family and values a little bit. And remember, Julie was on the steps coming down or something. And heard it. She heard the discussion. Uh, also, um, Chrissy. Uh, what about Jesse? Uh, he kind. I thought he had the hots for Julie for a while, but he's a ghost. So he was a good guy with her. But they'd ride together. And I, 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 I just think John should have been with the family simply because he didn't do anything up there. That he didn't go talk to Clarissa, for example. He, you know, to to learn about life or whatever she was doing. And, She'd disappear anyway. Breakfast was there, and she never, you never saw her. So, uh, you know, but mentors, uh, you're right. The uh, Aaron was Cr Chrissy's uh, mentor, definitely. Mm -hmm. Jordan, no, 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 he was just there having smoking dope, and then Chrissy helped him. So I'm trying to think of the mentors. And Ashley got along with the ghosts, the pictures. She figured that out. So. But, yeah, maybe you could argue that John is the least of them to have a mentor, but they did talk at the end, and Julie heard them while she was standing on the steps. That was the day that, that was their first day, if I remember right. That was their first day when Julie went horseback riding with everyone, 
and John stayed back at the house and Clarissa put out the mulled wine and Julie took some up with her when she went to take a bath and John was downstairs by the fire and he was talking to Clarissa maybe or maybe it was later in the book because that was when that was also around the time Ashley disappeared because she and Jordan and Ashley were arguing. I think it, that was the first day that they were there. Yeah, they were mean to her, Jordan and Ashley and Ash, uh, and, and Chrissy, and Ashley disappeared, you know, and so forth. That was when she went up to the attic and found the clothes, and she that was when she met Mary. Well, she found Mary. Also, oh, no, she was in the, she Mary was in the attic. She she hit. She was always up in the attic, and and Chris um, actually got to know her. I was just so dumb that I didn't figure out where's Mary coming from. She, and she hinted, "You'll see me at the dance." And of course, she was the daughter of the twelve-year-old that got killed too. They all got it. The whole family there in the Civil War battleground there, and uh, Westcott, Jesse, and Clarissa died in each other's arms. It was very tragic. But they appeared again at the plantation. And I liked the... It was just... It's kind of that idea that, well, you don't need that anymore, so you're not going to find it. I kind of liked that idea that, you know, <clears throat> kind of like when you're a kid and you have your imaginary friends or your favorite teddy bear and you you need it at a certain point in your life and then you don't need it anymore so you don't have it and it was kind of the same idea there that they didn't they were okay in the end so they, they didn't need Oak River Plantation anymore so they weren't going to find it. They weren't going to be able to go back to it because it wouldn't have been as good the second time around. I don't think. I just, I just like that idea. Randy, that's a, a very good, interesting. Yeah. Imaginative, imaginary characters. We outgrow them. We all had them. Okay, you can deny it. Oh no, not me, boy. Yeah. But you did. You know, my cousin. I remember had Billy who hid under the house. And one day she told me, no, I don't need him anymore, you know. And uh, I, my sister, oh, my God, she talked to everybody, cousins and so on. Then she stopped doing it. And I said, well, what happened to so-and-so? I don't need it. I, I don't know. I just don't need it anymore. So uh, it, you're, you're absolutely right. They don't, they, if they couldn't, it wouldn't be the same had they found the plantation the second time. Even yeah. to say thank you. They said, you don't need to do that. Well, I really... Um... I, I didn't like the um, the symbolism, as I said before, um, and I, I really liked, I, I think the narrator did a really good job. I don't know what you folks think of the narrator, but I think the narrator did a very good job at bringing this book back to life, and, you know. I totally agree, Carla. Uh, she, her voices were consistent, and and again, she she was a, a performer, not necessarily, you know, she was a reader, but she was more of a performer. 
and uh, it, it, she did an excellent job. Jill Fox could read the telephone book, and it would be good. What can I say? That's right. It was Jill it Fox. Was. Outstanding. When was the book done? Was it? Is that the one in '96? The magic, magical Christmas. I don't know, but terrific. And Jack can do it too. They're terrific. Yep, that's what I was going to uh, say, Bob. Uh, Jack and Jack and Jill. I always loved that. I wonder if they named her her that. Uh, <laughs> you know, the nursery rhyme thing. But uh, yeah, Jill Fox and Jack Fox are are really good. Um, shoot, now I was going to say something. Yes, that was the that was done in '96. Yeah, yeah, you're right. She did do a wonderful job with that book. And it was kind of neat to meet both of them when I went to the ACB convention when, when it was in Louisville when I went. And they were very, very nice people. Let's talk about history for a second here since we, since George Armstrong Custer kind of gets to be the bad guy in this. Uh, this, the... Civil War slaying that happened that caused all the ghosts to be killed was supposedly in 1862, and I just asked Alexa when uh, George Armstrong Custer was born. He was born in 1839. Seems unlikely he would have been a general at the age of 23. Uh, yeah, I know I'm overanalyzing, but uh, does anybody know anything about that? Yes, Alan, I, I respectfully, you're mistaken. He was a general at 23. How he got there, I'm not Sure, I think he went to West Point, but he was ambitious, and they, they were looking for officers, and he was a general. I don't, I can't tell you historically, you know, that he said, we must hang five soldiers for Christmas, or, you know, they're, they're prisoners. I don't know that. I do not know that, but he was a general, yes. And he wasn't, well, we know about the Battle of the Little Bighorn, but he had presidential ideas in his head, but uh, the Indians scalped him. Okay, well, thanks for that. Uh, uh, th- that that sounds like a decision a 23-year-old would have made about hanging five people, but, hey, I wasn't there, so I don't know. And I thought it was great that Wayne Scott, the captain, gave his life for the youngster. Jimmy, was it 13? Yeah, 14. Four, oh, okay. 13, uh, 14. Like my, our friend Shirley. But anyway, 13, 14, and he said, no, I'll die. I'll and he was crying, and he drew the long straw, and the captain grabbed it, and, you know. And uh, he he just knew that he was going to give his life. But then, of course, when he saw his wife coming, riding wildly on a horse, you know, and all that, you know what happened. Um, I just want to say one more thing about 23. I try to be real careful about not, and, and, I, and I think we all do it, but somebody who was 23 in the mid-19th century would not have seemed like somebody who's 23 from the 21st century. Um, I think we have a much younger, I, I think maturity is put off a little bit longer <laughs> now because people are living longer and we we just don't have to, we don't have to be survivors the way people in the 19th century did. So, you know, who knows, a 23-year-old back then was halfway through their life and probably had a parcel of kids and, and that was expected of a 23-year-old that they were fully adult. Uh, point taken, yeah, well, I, yeah, I understand that, but I think I've got a negative feeling about uh George Armstrong Custer, anyway. So, uh, 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 p- p- pardon me. You're forgiven. <laughs> yeah, we read a book on Grant this year, and uh, he was well. He wasn't 23. I won't tell his whole story, but he was mature. At he was 39, 38, and uh, he was much more mature than Custer. Okay, Randy, where are we? We're gonna continue, or 
Does anybody else have anything they want to add? Okay, well, we can talk about next month's book. And I've asked Carla since she recommended it, and I know I started reading it. I'm not done with it yet, but um, I asked <clears throat> Carla if she would host next month to discuss wonder. 74228 is the DB number. And so that's what we'll do for January on the 19th, I believe. So, Carla, do you want to say anything about the book you'll be hosting? Well, I think that um, it's 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 really um, a good book for us to read. Um, it's getting us away from this romance stuff, for one thing. But it's also um, we all have uh, you know we have a disability. We have something that sort of sets us apart, and something that sort of um, it's not the same thing as this little boy. But I think we're going to find some commonality in this book and. One thing I would like to do, um, one thing I would like to do is, um, and I don't know if I'll have anybody that can take me to see the movie. The movie Wonder is out now. It's in third place. And um, I, I really would like to, um, to, you know, to see that, that movie um, um, because it'd be interesting to compare the movie and the book. So if any of you have an, an opportunity to do that, Maybe you can you can um, you can tell us what you think about it. Now, one other thing I want to say about Wonder is there is a companion book to Wonder, um, you know, the the, the seven four two two eight. Um, the um, the companion book is called um, Three Hundred and Sixty Five Days of Wonder, Mister Brown's Book of Precepts. It's also by R.J. Palacio, and it's only two hours and 21 minutes, so it's not a long read. Um, I'm going to try to read that, too. Um, But um, it's read by Eric Sanfold, and it is DB79728, in case you're interested. And I'm really looking forward to this one, and I hope that that you all enjoy it and that it makes you think. I started reading the book, and it's gotten great reviews on DB Review. There was also, um, for anyone who wants to read it, there's an article in Good Housekeeping, the December issue about the book They and the movie. They interview the author and Julia Roberts, who plays... Augie's mother in the movie and the director, I forget who directs it, but my cousin saw the movie when it came out the day after Thanksgiving and she said it was fantastic. So anyway, that's what we'll do for January. Well, let me say when I first heard about the book and then I read, I, I got to be more careful, fifth to eighth grade or whatever, I said, yeah. oh no. But I, I remembered that Carla said it dealt with bullying. There's many ways to bully. And um, I talked to a friend of mine who was younger than I. Uh, we had our bullies, but they just beat you up. They 
then they go away or, you know, whatever. But the constant uh, bullying, you know, could, I don't want to tip the book off, but could this happen? Could fifth graders line up one way or the other? And my friend tells me, yes, it can happen. When we were at the school for the blind, the teachers wouldn't allow that. Okay, but this was a prep school. It's a tremendous book. I, I'm glad I read it. I started the first uh, few minutes. Oh, my gosh. I didn't like that the narrator, this is me, imitates a boy. Like, eh, you know, does it. But that's the way they did it. I got used to it. Okay, and then later she goes to a full adult voice down the road. And I think a guy reads some of it, too. Yeah, yeah Jack. He's a guy. But anyway, it's a tremendous book. It really, really is. I don't know that I'll read Mr. Brown's precepts. They're great. I had an English teacher who did that. He, he'd do it every day, and you had to write to what you thought about it. And it's a great way of teaching. So, But anyway, it's a great book, and I, I, I hope I'll remember it. I finished it. Uh, I, we couldn't, I couldn't stop. Ruth Ann couldn't either. She read it once before, though. And so uh, I hope Randy will write down the characters again, because that really helps bring it all yeah. back. If she doesn't, I will. Go ahead. Did yeah. you want to say something? Yes, I did. I, I, I just would say to any of you who have started to read the book and are kind of yeah. not sure that this is the thing, give it a chance. Really, you know, read some of this because it is a good story once you get into it. But I had a little trouble getting into the story at first. And um, I did notice a lot of uh, things that, that the boy went through that, you know, maybe some of us who have been, you know, uh, in school and things went through as well. But I, I thought that it was, it turned out to be a lot better book than I thought it was going to be. And I, too, would like to see the movie. Okay. Thank you. Well, I've got it downloaded. It's on, uh, it's on uh, the stream, and uh, I will read it. I don't know about that uh, Mr. Brown's precepts or whatever, but uh, I'll start with that one and see how... Uh, Start with wonder and see how it goes, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And uh, the night we talked about this book, um, you know, last month or whatever, it was, yeah, last month, uh, I went out in the other room and put on 2020. And lo and behold, they talked to the the family, and uh, it was it was just it really really cool. And I thought, my goodness, look, look at the timing here. It was just so neat the way that that our discussion kind of fell in with the 2020 that night. So I'm I'm looking forward to it next month. Yeah, I am too. Like I said, I started it, but I haven't finished it yet. And Bob, it's kind of bullying can happen anywhere, anytime, even adulthood. So. It's, I'm sure it's going to be a good one. I'll probably have it finished very quickly. And I'm not going to read the precepts, I don't think. But I'm going to have to go online and look for that 2020 episode. Yeah, I'm going to do that too. And, and I don't want to get too much into this because I know we're going to discuss the book next time. But... I can just tell you from a personal um, standpoint how 
bullying can can ruin your life um, and how it does happen even in the younger ages. Um, I was bullied in kindergarten and at the school where I teach, which is a Christian school, we have a very aggressive bullying um, policy and the kids have to sign off on it. They won't do it. But even with all that done and everything that we've done to bring it to everybody's attention, we had an incident last year that caused one of our third graders to leave because he was bullied and the kind of bullying that took place was just so subtle that nobody could identify it and and that's you know there's there are ways that you can bully people that are sort of um it's not out there and shouting to the whole world but it's happening and it's easy to hide certain kinds of bullying and uh, one thing that I will say, the book and the movie may remind you of the, of Mask. I don't know if you remember Mask with Cher. It came out in the 80s. It's, you know, very similar. Um, and uh, I keep thinking of, of Cher. And I probably will not finish reading this book until after the holidays. When, 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 in the month of December, I'm in Christmas reading mode. I have certain books that I read every year, and I just want to sort of stay in the Christmas thing. Um, and so very seldom do I read something else. Um, so it'll be um, closer to the time of our get-together, and it'll also keep it fresher in my mind, too. Yeah, I read it, but I'm going to have to reread it <laughs> just to, because I read it a little while ago. And I read the doggone many books and I get, I get them all, you know, mixed up in my head and, you know, so I'm going to reread it. And it would be interesting to see the movie just to see how, how well they do with it. Well, I don't want to get into the book too much. I, I'm aware that there's different kinds of bullying, believe me as a teacher and so forth. But I, I just, um, I, I was, it's just incredible. Well, I don't want to get too far into the book, okay? In high school, we never lined up the whole 10th grade. We'll hate this one kid. Was there ostracism on a kid if he's a little weird? Yeah. If that's bullying, then that, it happened. Uh, there's, but but the, whole, the whole senior class wouldn't, to my knowledge, when I was in high school, didn't say, we don't like Joe Blow. He's kind of weird, but we all won't like him, you know. And uh, because it was too big at school, 3,300 3, kids are not going to control them all. Somewhere, Joe Blow would have a friend. And, uh, well, uh, you know, you. somewhere, thank God, somebody would step up and be a friend to that guy who was well, kind of weird. But we're going to have a lot of fun talking did. about this and dealing with blindness because certainly I could identify with him. Uh, in many areas there, you know, uh, and, uh, and I had a great school career and all that, but there were times when bullies made it difficult. Were that? No, it? Oh, you, you said okay. it. Okay, I'm done. I didn't experience bullying really until adulthood in the workplace. So I was lucky in that way, but um, I remember the movie Mask. I loved it. That was one of my favorite movies back in the 80s. I was done, but I want to say one more thing. There are many women stepping up now. Yes, some of them want money. Yes, some of them wait 20 years. You wonder why. Some of them are not true, but some are. You know, And I, I think it's absolutely wonderful that women feel empowered to do that. It takes great courage. You're going to be criticized. 
but it's a different era now. You treat people with respect. You do. And that's just the way it is. And uh, they step up guys that I didn't even dream were doing these things. Some of them I do believe. I won't get into who. But some of them I don't. Some of the women I don't believe. But they have, they have great courage to step up and, and blow the whistle on these guys. Well, it was a great discussion, everybody. Thanks. And have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's. And we'll be back together again in January for a whole year of great reads, hopefully. <laughs>